Well, welcome back to Thinking About It. Uh, we are thinking about something that is current right now. By the time you're listening to this, Halloween will be over for a few weeks. But uh, it's a conversation, Dave, that uh, parents have almost every year. As a pastor, I'm asked, what do I think about Halloween? Uh, what should I preach about Halloween? Uh, because it seems to me, when I was a kid, there was no controversy at all. Everyone was ghosts. I remember Word of Life used to have like haunted houses and hearsts. And I always kind of wondered about that. Uh, I think I know why they cut it out. But there's uh, just some baggage that Halloween has today. So more and more people are saying, uh, how does a Christian respond to Halloween? Uh, send the kids out. Um, is there an a guilt by association that we need to be concerned with? It's a pastoral issue as well as a, maybe a theological issue as well. And so I thought it'd be good for us to chat a little bit about the subject of the Christian and Halloween. Now, Dave, you're a theologian. You've also been a pastor. You know how things work. So uh, what what has been your experience with that? Yeah, this it, it's not easy. And I'm going to say right off the top, it's not easy. And I don't think there is a right answer or a wrong answer for that matter. Um, That's why this is thinking about it. Exactly. We never resolve things here. Yeah, and there is going to be no resolution here, uh, in my view. The approach I've taken is kind of a quiet participation. Um, yeah, I took my kids out, and they ran back and forth up and down the street. I was careful on what they dressed up as. Mm-hmm. I, I, We were pretty careful not to push it into the dark side, as it were. So they dressed up as princesses and, you know, rabbits and that kind of thing. Um, And maybe they resented that. I don't know. Um, And, uh, you know, and we always, we didn't even, well, around the house, we obviously had to use the word Halloween, but we called it, or our kids actually came out, hey, whatever, it's candy collecting night. (laughs) And they were not participating in the dark side of the thing. They were just happy to go from house to house and get candy and and that kind of thing. And of course, the dentist bill skyrocketed after that. Yeah. Uh, But there are um, questions about, people have a conscience, right? And consciences can be well-informed, maybe sometimes not so well-informed, and uh, there are people in our churches who have um, a real problem Mm -hmm. with Halloween, and they might think that spiritual people, mature people, should know better. Um, Why, how is it possible that leaders in the church and their kids are out trick-or-treating? And I think this is not something... Uh, we've seen this before. There is a there are issues of conscience, and there is a way of dealing with conscience. Do you think that this is one of them? Yeah, I think it is. I I Romans fourteen exactly, and I I would always affirm parents that said we don't want our children participating in this kind of thing in the way that it is normally participated in, called Halloween and mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, and I, but I would say to those parents, bless you. Um, I support you. Um, it doesn't mean I, I have to do the same thing as you do, but I support you. And I, you, you are following a conscience that you believe is correct and by all means. But I would say to them, but be sure you don't leave your kids out of the fun of the evening. Mm-hmm. So however or whatever that looks like, 
be sure that your kids are saying this was really a fun night in some way so they don't feel deprived. Uh, Dave, sometimes as a pastor, you never want to get in the way of someone's spiritual life, right? And there have been times when, to our regret, my wife and I have denied ourselves certain liberties for the, for the sake of people who we don't know if they were stumbling or if they were causing others to stumble. And so we we just cut it out. And I, I don't know if we gave a good example Um there is a place where you just enjoy your liberty and people who don't feel that way have to learn what it means to live with uh, multiple consciences in the church. And well, how, how have you, have you, do you resonate with that? Have you? Absolutely. And uh, you know, Romans 14 is always a tricky passage, but I'll tell you the person that I felt had the best approach to that was our good friend, Dr. Stan Fowler. And um, his approach was, and I think it was correct, and very often we reverse it, but he would say, whenever I think about you, I think about liberty. Whenever I think about me, I think about responsibility. And he, I remember him preaching on that. I heard him preach it a couple times. He preached it in chapel one day. And he said, the normal way we think is, and whenever I think about me, I think about liberty. Mm-hmm. And whenever I think about you, I think about responsibility or restriction. And he said, he made the point, that's not the point of the passage. So even as a pastor and a theologian, I want to think about liberty when it comes to others. Liberty in the choice of not to participate in something like this, but liberty in the choice to participate in something like that. And and being generous to both and trying to be pastorally caring to both. When I think about me, I need to think about, okay, um, how do I think about responsibility? But at the same time, I've also got responsibility to my family. Yeah. And it's tough enough to keep our kids in the faith. Oh, man. um, Without throwing all kinds of forms of legalism at them or restrictions and I, I just think there's a lot we can do to continue to help our kids enjoy growing up in a Christian home or even growing up in a pastor's home. I was reading one article that suggested that parents, you know, have a face-to-face with their kids and say, yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. There is death. There's a, there's a devil who wants to destroy. Um, but we're not afraid of that. We live in that world, but we're not afraid of that. Um, there is a theology of death. That, mm-hmm. that can be taught. You don't necessarily celebrate that. You don't dress up that way. And uh, one of our, st- we were had a, a, a chat the other day with our interns. We have one every week. And uh, one of the members of that chat said that their child came home with a little uh, glad bag with significant candy, not those stupid little Halloween <laughs> candies, but this was a serious candy bag. And, um, uh, a written note that said something about Halloween is scary or there are scary, there are monsters, so on and so forth, but you don't need to be afraid. Jesus loves you. And something to the effect that um, you, there's a better way. Right. And that, that was good. That was a good thing to get. It encouraged the child. And I just wonder if Halloween is not an opportunity for believers mm-hmm. to enter into that with a message about how to think 
about death and dying. And we might miss that. Yeah, it's called being redemptive in a broken and dark world. Um, and I, I sure, um, yeah, if you want to throw something in with the candy bag, that fine, that's fine. My wife said, well, maybe we ought to just throw apples and toothbrushes into the bag, but um, I don't think that's Moms good. Moms and dads <laughs> will love that. Don't think that's going well. Um, but yeah, and I remember uh, I had a colleague one time, and he set up, he went to quite a quite uh, length to develop the Halloween, but but there he, he would put a bunch of lighted signs along his sidewalk that as the kids approached, um, he would do that kind of message. You know, it's a day of darkness. Uh, we all have to face death, and there is evil mm-hmm. in the world. But there's a person called Jesus of Nazareth, and guess what? He can be part of your life. And he actually kind of put those signs along the sidewalks as the kids would come up and read all that. I thought that was kind of a cool idea. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, trying to do something redemptive, in, a, in, in which is we would recognize is uh, a dark thing. Yeah. And what better way to get to know your neighbors, right? Oh, if you're going yes. out with your kids, you're at their door. You're supposed to be there. You're welcome there. The light's on. And you say, lift up your mask because I'm Joe Blow. I live down sure. the street. Um, nice to meet you. I've been here f- three years. Never met you. Right. You know, why would we not want to be out there uh, meeting people? And, and I agree with that. However, I do want to honor those that see it differently. And this is what I mean or what Stan meant. When he said, when I think about you, I think about liberty. And liberty means going in both directions. And as a pastor, I want to affirm those parents and their choices. And, and uh, I don't want to accuse them of legalism. I don't want to accuse them of trying to be party poopers or anything like that. I want to affirm that. The other thing is, and you and I have talked about this and we know about it. We've done it in our churches. Sometimes we do a special party for the kids on Halloween night at the church and we have all the candy and all the fun and apple bobbing and they can dress up and, and that kind of thing. I think that kind of approach is good. Why, why not? And you talked about reaching the community. I was just at um, Bramalee Baptist this past Sunday and they have something what's called trunk or treat. Mm -hmm. And so, and this is a fairly large church with a fairly large parking lot, but they would have probably a hundred of their people with their cars with their trunks open and open up to the community. And then the people from the community would come in and drive by. And I think they would get out of there. I wasn't there f- to see it actually happen. I saw it being set up. But it was on Sunday afternoon. And uh, my understanding is, like, there was four or five, maybe 600 people up from the community come by with their kids and enjoy the event. Okay, in the light of day. So it wasn't Halloween night. It no, was just, Sunday uh, afternoon. Close enough. Yeah, it was close enough. The other thing we have to realize, too, and it's very interesting, my wife saw this, that there is apparently a move to move Halloween to the last Saturday night of October, hmm. which is another interesting move, which tells us that this thing is becoming distanced from the origins of what Halloween really is. And it's become more just of a party night. And you know what? I would say that's good. Yeah. By all means. And some people are going to have parties where there's a lot of drinking and all kinds of things. Doesn't mean parties are bad. There oh, are, no, no, no. It's just a good time to celebrate. But, but as, you know, th- in other words, this church mm-hmm. took a redemptive approach to the whole thing and used the opportunity to connect with their community. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought... Yeah, good for you. There's a church down the street on Halloween night. I, I drove by it because we had something at the church. Halloween evening, if you can imagine, leadership training. We didn't cancel <laughs> it. 
uh, <laughs> but this the uh, Pentecostal church, there was tons of people there, cars lined up everywhere, and then. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't know exactly what they were doing, but they had stations in their parking lot, and uh, it looked like a lot of fun. I don't think I saw a much scary thing, but just a lot of activity. I don't think it was just for the church. I really think it was something that the community was engaged in. That's great, and helping to put it on. Yeah. Fantastic. Churches uh, are not known for a lot of community engagement, and we need to do more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what... Now, you mentioned a little bit about All Saints Day. I yeah. vaguely know about that, but there is some history with Halloween and All Saints Day. I mean, it's being forgotten, but just you were suggesting that the church might consider doing something in association with that. Yeah, well, so Halloween is this dark night where all the demons and devils come out before the celebration of the saints on All Saints Day, which is November 1st. And it's, it's a Catholic tradition, um, and they would, it would be praying to the saints and recognizing the saints of the past, and there would be parts of it that we probably wouldn't be terribly comfortable with. But there's a side to it that I'm saying, why don't we celebrate? Like, if we're going to, if we're going to think about the whole thing, why are we not thinking about what All Saints Day is, and why can't we set a day aside? Mm-hmm where we celebrate, I mean, we teach church history. We know names like Augustine and Calvin and Luther and, and others. Why can't we be a participant in that and, and actually then turn around and emphasize the positive side of that whole thing? Um, our, we build our faith on those who have gone before us. You know, something like even the church to say, I don't know, I'm not telling you what to preach about, but you know, maybe on the week of Halloween that you choose a saint mm-hmm. of the past. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, you know, we're some of the time, some of, some of us are a little uncomfortable with the word saint, mm-hmm. but we're all saints. St. Saint Paul. Sure. And we're, we're all redeemed saints and we've been told that. So that's great. Um, but yeah, why, why not spend a Sunday thinking about some of the, the great people of the past who have helped us uh, be who we are as a church today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I find it interesting that we focus on the Halloween side, for good or for bad. Which ha- All Saints Night, or no, it's All Hallow... All, all Hallow's Eve. Yeah. And it's it's a night when the demons and devils come out before uh, the... And, and try to almost, uh, you know, ruin the All Saints Day. It's They're okay. released from prison, and then, but then the next day they're bound up again, and we celebrate the saints of the... So, so somehow we've fixated on the Halloween and we forgot all about Easter or the celebration or the victory. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, Dave, um, Halloween's coming again next year. Maybe we'll do it better. Uh, but it's uh, an opportunity for something, and it's an opportunity to show grace to people who have various levels of conscience. Uh, thanks for listening to us. And until next week, I'm Bob McGregor here with Dave Barker. And we'll see you then. Thank you for li- thinking about it with us. Mm-hmm.